traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Richard! Richard! Oh, are we on? Welcome to the Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM. I will not comply. Cases are not infections. The vaccinated can spread COVID. Natural immunity from a previous infection is 13 times more robust than a double dose of a COVID vaccine. And there is zero logic behind a vaccine passport system. And a surprise, Gibraltar. The country of Gibraltar, which is considered fully vaccinated, has just seen a 2,500% increase in COVID cases prompting new lockdowns. There you go. All right. Welcome to Radio Free Canada News and Notes from the Underground for Wednesday, September the 15th. Busy uh, show for you today. I'll tell you what. I receive uh, emails from listeners asking, why didn't you talk about this? And why didn't you talk about that? And you're, you know, I have no answer. You're right. You're right. The The stories that you want to hear about are important, but I need like a four hour show to cover everything that's happening out there. Now, I'm not asking for a four hour show, but that's what it would take to fit everything in that deserves coverage. And my, you know, my fantastic young overworked producer, Brandon DuPont, this fellow, he's working like a fiend. You wouldn't believe how hard this guy works. So there simply isn't enough show to fit everything in. Uh, we're doing our best and we appreciate the feedback. Nonetheless, incidentally, you can, uh, Email me. I'd love to hear from you at Richard at Saga 960 AM.ca. Richard at Saga, S-A-U-G-A 960 AM.ca. So here's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. I wanted to get to this story yesterday, but again, there wasn't enough time. Uh, the current chairman of the U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Michael Milley. Did you hear about this? It comes out in a book by Bob Woodward that the uh, general made secret calls to his Chinese counterpart during the final days of the Trump presidency. He called them just to let them know that the U.S. would not be firing nukes at them. But if that changed, he'd be sure to call ahead of time to warn them. 
Now, I don't I don't think much of Bob Woodward. I don't necessarily believe anything he says. But in this case, the general has actually admitted it. And wouldn't you know what the uh, the lamestream media are actually praising him? He's like, a, oh, he's a hero because Trump was losing his mind and he intervened. And no, no, there's actually a process for that. It's called the 25th Amendment and impeachment. Anyway, he took it upon himself, apparently, uh, to save the world from Donald Trump. I don't know. To me, call me crazy, but that sounds a lot like treason. Uh, U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis joins me this hour to discuss. I wonder what Bob thinks of all this. We'll find out. Wednesdays. All right. What do we do on Wednesdays? Jacob, what do we do on Wednesdays? Come on. We push back against climate change alarmism. Come on now, pay attention. <laughs> Tony Heller will be here. He's the founder of realclimatescience.com. And, uh, you know, now I've told you repeatedly on this program that while COVID is real, the response to COVID is a beta test. And I've warned you where we're headed with this. The next health crisis declared will be climate change. And there will be a similar response to climate change. Lockdowns, severe restrictions on how far you can travel. The idea of mandatory carbon credit cards. Uh, I, we talked about this with uh, Lou the other day. Carbon credit cards to control every facet of your life. These are coming. This is where we're headed. And so don't say you weren't uh, warned repeatedly. And we'll get into it again today with Tony Heller. Uh, today on Meet the Candidates, Craig Laferriere is the Green Party candidate for Mississauga Center. I should ask Craig if he would be in support of a mandatory carbon credit card. What do you think? Hmm. Uh, on Friday. Here, here we go again. I wanted to get to this earlier, but we'll get to it today. There was a mixed martial arts fight in Florida. And one of the combatants, Celine Provo, was a woman. Her opponent, her opponent Elena McLaughlin, a biological male who identifies as female. And get this, Elena is a former member of the U.S. Army Special Forces. Elena transitioned after leaving the armed forces in 2010. So McLaughlin used what's, what's called a rear naked choke to finish off Provo at three minutes and 32 seconds of the second round. Lovely. Ain't progress wonderful. Biological males who identify as female are now fighting women in mixed martial arts. He was the second person, actually, I think back in 20, 2014, someone, uh, a transgendered person also fought against a, a woman. And it's happening in boxing, too. How soon before a woman is killed? Linda Blade is the co-author of Unsporting, How Trans Activism and Science Denial Are Destroying Sport. And she'll be here in uh, hour two. And uh, good old slippery, slimy California Governor Gavin Newsom, the, uh, the man who never met a COVID restriction rule that he couldn't break or wouldn't break, he uh, survived a recall vote yesterday. The latest information I have now, it's like five hours old, so I don't think it's up to date. But the trend is, uh, as of five hours ago, there were 60 percent of the ballots counted and the uh, uh, the no votes, those voting no to a recall were ahead by a two to one margin. So conservative radio talk show host uh, Larry Elder has gone down to defeat. Uh, but those two will likely go at it again next year. Because there's a um, there's a, the actual scheduled 
election in 2022. This was a recall election. It wasn't scheduled. So look for another showdown between uh, Gavin Newsom and Larry Elder in 2022. Uh, Drew Allen is uh, the host of the Drew Allen Show podcast, a columnist, political analyst, and he'll be here in hour two as well uh, to discuss. He may be the only conservative left in California, aside from uh, Larry Elder. All right, Lou, how are you, my friend? Fantastic, Richard. You know, you sent me that uh, piece on uh, Providence Pharmaceutical. Yeah, yeah. Doing that deal in China. This is a Canadian pharmaceutical company. Out of Calgary. Right. And and they have an mRNA vaccine in in the second trial stage. Right. And and a Chinese company has paid 50 um, in cash plus incentives as they go forward, stock and so on. Right. So and then this is going to be uh, to be distributed in China where they actually haven't approved an mRNA vaccine. Right. Well, I, I don't know the approval process in China. Right. They, like they it, could go, it could go right, you know, from trial to distribution. I don't know. No, but here's the thing that confuses me about that, Lou. I, I didn't think we had the capacity to, to, to do mRNA vaccines. Isn't that what the prime minister told us? Well, we know he's an imbecile, right? That's true. So and if you believe him and you listen to him and you pander to him, you're being misinformed. Providence, by the way, uh, came out, I think it was in May and said, we have all this capacity uh, with mRNA virus uh, vaccine uh, background and technology. Couldn't get their calls answered. Couldn't score at home. Have to go away to score. Okay, so let let me get this straight. Now, you know, I'm not, uh, obviously, I'm not a big COVID vax booster, but for those people that want to take it, they should, uh, by all means. So, in other words, we we could have rolled out, we could have, we went through this whole procurement mess. First, we put all our eggs in the China basket. Then we- Didn't work. Then we were way behind everybody else. But we had this company, Providence, right here, that, that were ready and willing to make mRNA vaccines, but they couldn't get Ottawa to answer their phone calls. Right. Well, that's according to Providence's uh, storyline going back in May and what have you. And to me, when you look at the hundreds of billions of dollars spent on developing vaccines, right, how is it that you've got this standard bearer here in Canada and you're not going to do anything about it? Now, my analysis is, sorry, Providence. Ugh. Too bad. You're west of Ontario. We don't do anything for cowboys. Now, if the, you had a headquarters in the Maritimes making vaccines out of fish scales, we'd be all over it. Or if you were connected to the Liberal Party, you would have been greased up and down the track. Trust me, if you had been in Quebec, oh, there's so much we could have done for you. But you're living in the wrong part of the country. That's what this is about. So Providence is headquartered in Alberta. That's correct. Aha. Yeah. So, you know, follow the money. The story tells itself. Follow the politics. The story tells itself. You have an imbecile in the prime minister's chair. We call him the crime minister. Get him out. Got to go. Committed to traffic on the fives. 
<laughs> there you go. All right. Happy capitalism. Happy capitalism. Yeah. Trademark. All right. When we come back, fact check this. Stay with us. We're back as the Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk Saga 960 AM. How do we determine what is true, what is false, and what is misleading? Fact check this. All right. So. Uh, I want to talk to you or I want someone else actually to talk to you about uh, the nature of evil. I'm a big Dennis Prager fan, Prager you, and uh, I watch the videos and he's a terrific broadcaster. I listen to him on a station down in the U S he's uh, he's actually a classical liberal uh, who um, now is labeled as uh, you know, far right, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, basically the liberal party, not the liberal party, but um, liberalism left him. And became illiberal. Uh, however, I want you to hear this very profound and um, really speaks to our times about the nature of evil. As long as I remember speaking, I have said this. People say that evil is dark, but that's not true. Evil is actually very bright. You can look at the dark, but you can't look at the very bright. Very few people stare at evil. They deny it. There's a very famous book called The Denial of Death, where in Ernest Becker, who wrote the book, speaks about the human desire to really deny that they'll die. But the truth is, everybody knows they'll die. What people really deny is evil. Because if you acknowledge evil, you have to fight it. And people are not brave. That's the human condition. And they don't want to fight it. They want to deny that it's really that bad. So... I have seen this uh, all of, of my life, especially with, with outside of Nazism, the great 20th century evil of communism. 100 million people, approximately, were killed by communist regimes, not in war. I'm not talking about deaths of soldiers. I'm talking about just innocent people, tortured, starved, burned, shot to death. That's, that's the record. See, that's an example, though, of people in, in a sort of denial. You should be shocked and horrified at what I just said. A hundred million people in one century? But it doesn't. Stalin, the Soviet tyrant, who, by the way, made, uh, made uh, North Korea possible, tragically. Stalin is truly evil. Anyway, Stalin, who killed about 20 to 40 million people of his own nation, Soviet Union, which a combination of Russia and, and other countries that the Russian Empire owned, he said... It's a very famous statement, actually. One death is a tragedy. One million is a statistic. That uh, That's the state of people's understanding of evil. So when I said 100 million, people don't fall down and go, oh, my God. It's, it, it's, too, it's too grandiose to even imagine. And remember, for every one of the 100 million, think of the ripple effect on family and friends and community. So we're talking about a billion people of staggering suffering that uh, that communism caused. And yet, when I grew up, anti-communism had a bad name. Yeah. Oh, he's, a, he's an anti-communist zealot. What's wrong with that? I hope you were an anti-Nazi zealot. <laughs> Why aren't you an anti-communist zealot? There you are, Dennis Prager. It's true. You know, I see... Uh, young people walking around, some older people who should know better with their Che Guevara t-shirts. I call it 
communist chic. They think it's cool. Che Guevara, he was a rebel, a rebel. No, he was a he was a serial killer. He was a he hated homosexuals. He murdered homosexuals. He was a hypocrite. He lived a lavish lifestyle. And yet he is hailed as some sort of revolutionary hero. He was scum of the earth. You don't see people walking around with Himmler t-shirts. Why is that? Because we recognize the evil, the sheer evil of the Nazi regime. And it's time that we do the same with the communists. You go to a protest and you see someone flying a hammer and sickle that is, that is beyond vile and disgusting. It's not communist chic. It's evil. And while the Chinese people are wonderful and they come to this country and they, they, they give so much to this country, I am talking about the communist regime in China. That is the face of evil. They are not our friends. And yet we have our prime minister who they affectionately, not so affectionately, refer to as the little potato is playing footsie with them. I'm reading here about the, um, the Chinese regime. Warning of counterstrikes, whatever that means, against Canada if a conservative government is elected next week because the conservatives have taken a harder line against the communist Chinese. Obviously, we've had, we've had Senator Leo Hussakos on the program many times talking about the need to take a hard line against China, starting with canceling uh, Huawei for our 5G infrastructure, kicking them out. China is threatening counterstrikes against Canada if a conservative government is elected. And we're also hearing rumblings, if you've seen the Globe and Mail today, about interference in our election. The communist regime getting behind certain candidates who will take a soft line on China. This is happening in our country right now. Now, I want to uh, shift focus here and talk about General Mike Milley, who is the current chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. General Mike Milley also served in that role under Donald Trump. General Mike Milley doesn't think China is the enemy. Have a listen to this. Uh, China's not an enemy. Uh, and I think that's important for people to clearly understand. Uh, China is a rising power. Uh, China has been a rising power t- since uh, Deng Xiaoping in 79. And they've been clicking off at 10% growth for you know, almost 30 years. And they dropped down to about 7% last year to... And they'll probably drop again, you know, and come into the range of normalcy and three to five percent growth. But that's still significant economic growth. And there's been a really large historic change from a North Atlantic based global economy to now it's proceeding to be a North Pacific based global economy. So uh, with respect to China, um, what normally happens historically, it's not in all cases, but in most cases, where you have economic growth of that magnitude typically follows military power. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a a significant increase in in, uh, Chinese military uh, capabilities over the last uh, 10 to 20 years. Uh, And uh, they are going to develop themselves and are developing themselves uh, into a great power. That is not to say, however, that they're an enemy. They're not the enemy. 
Well, they've essentially declared war in the West, if you've been paying attention. However, this is also the individual, General Mike Milley, who count, who called his counterpart in China to warn them that, in his words, you know, crazy Donald Trump might launch a nuclear attack against China. But if they did, he would warn them in advance. That sounds like treason to me. Let's find out if uh, Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis, U.S. retired, agrees. He's next. Stay with us. Let's get back at it on News Talk Saga 960 AM. It's the Richard Serra Show. Welcome back. So the U.S.'s top general secretly called China over fears that former President Trump might spark a nuclear war. Is that treason? Let's find out. Lieutenant Colonel Robert L. McGinnis, Airborne Ranger, Infantry Officer with service in four infantry divisions on three continents. He's the author of Give Me Liberty, Not Marxism. That's the brand new one. Before that, he wrote uh, The Deeper State and Alliance of Evil and Progressive Evil. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel McGinnis, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing well, Richard. Thank you. So uh, in your estimation, well, before we get to that, let me let me just make sure that we have all our uh, our ducks lined up here in terms of what happened. So this was a uh, um, this was revealed in Bob Woodward's book that this uh, general, the top U.S. general, head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, called his counterpart in China on two occasions: once just before the election, and then once after, to to warn his counterpart that uh, the president was unstable and that he would he would call him back and warn him if. President Trump did anything rash, like launch a nuclear war. Is that about it? Well, that's certainly what uh, Woodward is, out, you know, alleging in his new book. Um, now, I, I would point out a couple of important issues here. Um, typically, uh, a chairman of the Joint Chiefs will talk to chiefs of other services around the world on a routine basis. I've been in meetings like that, uh, and not that long ago. There is a, a big process that's involved. The chairman does not make the foreign policy for the United States. He does discuss with his counterparts uh, various issues, but there is always a room full of people that are monitoring generally those you know, these, uh, secret um, meetings. They're done in secret because they don't want you know, some of the data to get out, but they have the entire staff there. You may have 15, 20 people, some which will be on the video teleconference. Um, now, when you do that, you're you're establishing not only a recorded uh, record, you're going to have people taking detailed notes, and there'll be a transcript that will be produced. So there will be, if this actually happened, uh, inevitably there will be a record out there. And, and that may have been what Woodward's uh, source was. Uh, of course, that would have been a, a violation of a law anyway. Uh, the other thing is, and I'm, I'm mostly... Uh, I'm more concerned about this is that, you know, allegedly uh, the general said something about uh, trying to deny the president access to the nuclear arsenal and that he was going to keep that from happening. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs under U.S. law, Goldwater Nichols, 1984, is only an advisor. He is not a commander. He is not one to execute the orders of the uh, commander-in-chief. That is done by the uh, Secretary of Defense through the 
geographical combatant commands and the functional commands. So the chairman advises and he has a staff to help him advise, but he doesn't do a lot of the things that I'm reading in the press. And, that, and that's important to understand. Now, Millie has a reputation. I, I, I was on his staff. Uh, Millie is a bull in a china shop. Uh, he goes after people personally. Uh, he, of course, uh, allegedly um, said that, you know, according to one undersecretary or assistant secretary I talked to earlier today, uh, he allegedly said he was concerned that Trump was going to declare or use the Insurrection Act uh, following uh, the uh, election in the fall and, of course, the, the Capitol Hill uh activity on the 6th of January. So these issues are boiling out there. What I'm most concerned about here, Richard, is that Millie has become the story. And the story should not be about Millie. Uh, quite frankly, after the fiasco in Afghanistan, which I attribute to a large degree to him because of his recommendations to the president, uh, he should have resigned in the past. If this stuff is true, then there there's a host of things uh, that ought to take place immediately, not only getting a handle on the records of those calls allegedly with the Chinese, uh, but also uh, a review of all the procedures within that staff. And then, of course, there ought to be congressional hearings, and the authors ought to be called up, Woodward and Acosta, put on the hot seat, put under oath, and then all the other chiefs that were allegedly in those meetings with uh, Millie, they ought to be put on the hot seat. So uh, there's some work to be done, and I hope it will be uh, undertaken very soon. All right, uh, Bob, if you could just hold on, we'll take a quick time out, come back and discuss further. Lieutenant Colonel Robert L. McGinnis, U.S. Uh, Airborne Ranger, retired, and also the author of Give Me Liberty, Not Marxism. Back with more of our conversation in three minutes. You're listening to The Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga, 960 AM. Hey, for months, I've been telling you about the wonderful health products from my good friends at North American Herb and Spice. And I've been telling you and everyone I know about how to get maximum immune support from P73 Wild Oregano. Now, whether you prefer the drops, I like the drops, gel caps, powder, or even inhalants, North American Herb and Spice has a whole line of wild oregano supplements to support a healthy immune response. P73 Wild Oregano is available at fine health food stores across the GTA, or you can order it online at oregano.com. Visit the website and then sign up for the North American Herb and Spice newsletter, and then you'll receive 5% off when you order online. P73 Wild Oregano for a healthy immune system from North American Herb and Spice. The website, once again, oregano.com. Let me spell that for you. O-R-E-G-A-N-O-L. 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 Oregano.com. Let's get back to our conversation with Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis, uh, U.S. Army retired and the author of Give Me Liberty, Not Marxism, available at Amazon. And we're talking about uh, General Mike Milley. Now, my understanding is, uh, Bob, he has admitted so uh, as much that this that these calls took place. President Biden said he has great confidence in him. 
Press Secretary Jen Psaki called Milley a patriot. The, the media seems to be praising him, saying that he averted nuclear disaster and that Trump was unhinged and so forth. Um, if he's admitted this, well, I mean, it, how would uh, how would this be handled normally? I mean, first of all, I guess I should ask you, is this treason? Does this meet the, 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 uh, the definition of treason? Well, it certainly uh, rises to that. The Secretary of Defense at the time was Christopher Miller. Um, he was acting after uh, the 2020 election and through the inauguration day in January of 2021. Uh, he said in a press release that he did not and would not have authorized uh, Milley uh, to have secret calls with the Chinese counterparts. Uh, and he considered that uh, a disgraceful and unprecedented act of insubordination, and he called for him to resign immediately. And I think that that's probably uh, a justifiable uh, call on his part. Uh, the the fact that you know Jen Psaki uh, you know spun this to you know, the administration's favor, you know, I, given her, the lack of credibility she's demonstrated with regard to the fiasco and. Afghanistan. I don't give a lot of credibility to that. Now, the president's statement that he has full trust in his advisor, uh, that's fine. Um, now, you know, if in fact the president made the decision in Afghanistan and ignored what Milley hopefully would have recommended, which would have, should have been something very different on the exit, uh, then you know, Milley should have resigned as a result of the president not taking his advice. So, you know, one way or the other, uh, General Milley uh, has dug his own grave here, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he's disgraced his uniform. And if this is true and it needs to be you know, reconciled in a way that uh, will serve the American people and, of course, serve the armed forces of the United States, uh, it needs to be done right away. If he is totally innocent, he should have been on front of the microphone as soon as this came out, and he hasn't. He's speaking through a spokesperson. That's insufficient given the the seriousness of these allegations. And, of course, the, the statement from uh, Secretary Miller uh, is quite the contrary to perhaps what he's claiming uh, is happening, though we're not hearing from him. If he was attempting to block the president from nuclear codes, if he was going behind the president's back, claiming that he would, you know, or that he would warn his Chinese counterpart if there was a nuclear a attack coming, uh, you know, following maybe a declaration of war. Doesn't that also fit the definition of a, an attempted coup? Yeah, I could see where you're coming from, Richard. Yes, it, it would. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, People need to understand that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs does not really fall in the chain of command. He does not have access to the nuclear codes nor the release of nuclear weapons. It goes directly from the president to the secretary to the combatant commander who has jurisdiction over those. And there's a very, and I, I can't describe it because it's secret, but there's a process, and I'm very familiar with it, uh, in which the codes get down to the weapons and there's release. Uh, the chairman is not directly involved in that process. Now, according to uh, an article that taken from the Woodward book, uh, that he called a meeting in the tank with the chiefs and others and uh, used his bull in the china shop intimidation techniques uh, to browbeat people into agreeing with 
his position. Um, that in itself needs to be thoroughly investigated. But as you can see, these things are not in the benefit, I don't think, of the office of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, nor the Defense Department. Uh, all it does is pull a cloud over a situation that is very serious and needs to be dealt with immediately. We can't wait you know, months to have a hearing on something of this significance. All right. Do you think he'll retire? Final word. We've got about 30 seconds. Or resign, rather. Do you think he'll resign? He should resign, but I think he has too big of a head to do that. Uh, and I'm not even sure President Biden uh, would fire him, though he should. All right. Always a pleasure. Thank you for your insights, as always, Bob. Thank you, Richard. Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis. And again, the book is Give Me Liberty, Not Marxism, available at Amazon. All right. When we come back, we'll push back against climate change alarmism. Uh, get ready for mandatory carbon credit cards to control every facet of your life. That's straight ahead. Back to the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. Hey, welcome back. Technocrats are preparing mandatory personal carbon allowances that would introduce rationing into every area of your life via an app that would record your travel, heating expenses, even the food you eat. The proposal was presented in the science journal Nature by four environmental experts as a means of reducing global carbon emissions. Everyone would be issued with a carbon allowance card that would, that would entail all adults receiving an equal tradable carbon allowance that reduces over time in line with national carbon targets. The authors make it clear that the program would be a national mandatory policy. There you go. You've been warned. Tony Heller is uh, with us once again, the founder of RealClimateScience.com. Tony, what do you think? Is this um, is this likely to happen? Well, I mean, this is what they've been headed for for a long time. They've been you know working really hard to create this irrational fear of carbon dioxide associated with fossil fuels, which means travel, heating your home. Um, basically, they want you locked up in your house. And like, I Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. 
said last week on the first day of the lockdowns, I said, this is the implementation of the Green New Deal. They're getting people used to being locked up in their homes, immobile. And and it's it's been headed this direction for a long time. And by, by spreading all of this propaganda about carbon dioxide and fossil fuels, they've gotten people conditioned to believe that this has something to do with the reality, right? If, if, if they heat their homes too much or drive too much, they're going to cause hurricanes in some third world country and kill people, right? Um, so this whole fantasy, this whole illusion has been developed by these globalists for years and years. And basically they're tired of you blocking their freeways or blocking the security line at the airport. And they just want you out of their way. Right. We're the uh, the useless eaters, I think, as uh, Henry Kissinger once referred to us. So let me just uh, uh, give some more details about this from this article in the journal. Uh, Carbon units would be deducted from the personal budget with every payment of transport fuel, home heating fuels and electricity bills. Anyone going over the limit would be forced to purchase additional units in the personal carbon market from those with excess to sell. This means that the private jet flying rich could simply bypass the system entirely, which they would part own via investments anyway, by simply buying carbon credits and carrying on living their luxurious lifestyle. Um, this is, um, as you, I mean, you, you, you've been talking about it for a long time. I've been talking about this for a long time. And of course, people call us. Yeah conspiracy theorists but when you look at the the covid restrictions and the response to covid and again yes covid is real but the response and the logic the rationale behind the mandates they they completely dissolve and crumble when you actually look at the data uh so there has to be you know some other reason for it and as you say this is to get us used i call it a beta test it's to get us used to being lockdown they they're testing to see how compliant we are how far will you know can they push us it started with the masks then it the lockdowns now it's the vaccine passports this is not conspiracy theory they are telling us what they are going to do right yeah well it was lock us up protect us and you're you're protecting us from this horrible virus by locking us up and now it's extending to you're protecting us from bad weather and this horrible climate change is going to come kill us by locking us up. So it, it, they've gotten people conditioned by fear to accept imprisonment, to accept slavery while they live their wonderful lifestyles. You know, the rich people do. It, it's very similar. My first wife was from the Soviet Union. And, and this is how it was in the Soviet Union. The top 5%, the party elite lived extremely well, and everybody else was slaves. And they're, they're implementing the same model in countries which formerly prided themselves on being free. All right. So further to this, you know, and again, now they're really hammering us with all of this uh, news about climate change and global warming. And uh, the latest here's from uh, the BBC News. And uh, this is the number of extremely hot days every year when the temperature reaches 50 degrees Celsius has doubled since the 1980s. This is according to a global BBC analysis. Again, the, the BBC reporting, according to their analysis, the number of extremely hot days every year when the temperature reaches 50 degrees Celsius has doubled 
since the 1980s. To that, you say what, Tony? Well, it's complete nonsense for one thing. And why did they start in the 1980s? If you look at the continental temperature records, almost all of them occurred a long time before that. The world temperature record and the North American temperature record occurred in California in 1913. Um, in most other continents, it's the same thing. Their hottest temperatures were back in the distant past. And if you look at places where we actually have good long-term temperature data, like the United States, for example, there's been a huge decrease in the peak temperatures, in the frequency of hot temperatures, in the area of the land, which is covered by hot temperatures. It's not even close. The 1930s were much, much hotter than any recent temperatures. So... The whole story is completely fake. And and in that article, the guy said, this is absolutely due to increasing levels of carbon dioxide. We know <laughs> that's nonsense. Almost all of the claimed global warming that's been going on has been warmer winter temperatures in the Arctic. When they say we've had like 1.5 degrees Celsius warming or whatever, most of that is just due to the fact that winter temperatures in the Arctic have been warmer um, over the last few decades. They've gotten warmer over the last few decades. So it doesn't actually have anything to do with hot summer temperatures at all. And if you you know if you look at the national climate U.S. National Climate Assessment, they show the same thing that I'm saying is that heat waves are much worse prior to 60 years ago than they have been over the past 60 years. So, and, and another thing they've done is they've just selectively gone through and erased very high temperatures from the past. Like in 1906, Mildura, Victoria, and Australia at a temperature of uh, 51 degrees or 52 degrees Celsius, which has since been erased. Um, There's lots of, if you look through the Australian newspaper articles, you can find lots of instances of 122 degrees or 50 Celsius in Australia during 1930, 1931, 1932, 1939, they've all been erased. In 1896, there were lots of them, they've all been erased. Um, So what they they, they do is they go through and they say, it couldn't possibly have gotten this hot in 1931 because there wasn't enough carbon dioxide. So they erase the record, and then they say, oh, we're getting more really hot days. (laughs) And that's just because they erased the previous record. So this doesn't have anything to do with reality. It's a huge fraud, which I've been exposing systematically, you know, for the past 13 years or so. And it's not science. It's propaganda directed towards political purpose, which which was from the first story we discussed. Right. And this political purpose is, uh, in fact, very, very sinister. All right, Tony. Uh, yeah. Appreciate your input. Again, I'll direct people to your fabulous website, realclimatescience.com. And of course, uh, your videos on YouTube and NewTube. You can search those Tony Heller, H-E-L-L-E-R, Tony Heller. All right. We'll talk again next week, my friend.
Yeah, great. Thanks, Richard. All right. Coming up in hour two, news not in the news. Of course, the German word of the day. And uh, also, we'll check in with the uh, the candidate for the Green Party for Mississauga Center. Uh, also, Linda Blade, co-author of Unsporting, How Trans Activism and Science Denial Are Destroying Sport. We'll talk about that um, mixed martial arts fight that took place uh, on Friday in Florida in which a transgendered athlete, a former U.S. Special Forces um, um, member basically kicked around a woman in a cage. There's progress for you. And uh, Drew Allen will be here, a uh, political uh, analyst, columnist, host of the Drew Allen podcast. We'll talk about the recall vote that uh, went south in California yesterday. All right, that's hour two. Stay with us. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Hey, Richard! Hello, yes. Can I help you? Richard! The Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk Saga 960 AM. Welcome back. So, poor Larry Elder. I like Larry Elder. Again, great uh, radio talk show host, conservative, and uh, went down to defeat in the uh, recall vote yesterday in California. So Governor Gavin Newsom lives uh, to fight another day. And that is likely a preview of what will happen next year. In, in 2022, there will be a gubernatorial race in California and elsewhere across the United States, of course. And uh, likely, I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but I would think that Larry Elder uh, would once again uh, perhaps be the nominee unless the Republicans can come up with, uh, with with someone better. But we'll get into that with Drew Allen a little bit later this hour. He's the host of the Drew Allen Show podcast uh, host, columnist, political analyst, author and uh, a young conservative living in the Golden State. So we'll get his analysis uh, here shortly. Linda Blade will be with us. She's the co-author of Unsporting, How Trans Activism and Science Denial Are Destroying Sport. And uh, we normally have someone someone from Cosbar on uh, Thursdays. That's tomorrow. Cosbar being the Canadian Women's Sex-Based Rights uh, Organization. Uh, however, this story, uh, it actually happened on Friday. This was this mixed martial arts event that took place in Florida. And we had a, um, a transgender MMA fighter who once served in the U.S. Army Special Forces defeating a, a French woman in the cage and uh, this is just, I, I'm not a fan of MMA. I just think it, it's, uh, it's an ugly sport. Uh, I think it's rather crass. Um, however, it has its legions of fans, obviously. But to me, this is not progress. You have a biological male who identifies as female. And getting into a cage with a woman and choking her into submission. This is, this is progress. This is progress? I don't think so. News, not in the news. news. All right, Lou. We'll get into that uh, in a few minutes if you want. The uh, if you, I'm sure you have something to say about this mis- mixed martial arts uh, bout, but we should probably get right to the German word of the day, right? Bring it on, baby. Come on. All right. Um 
weiter nickt um den Haifen Brei Hai um. Weiter nickt um den Haifen Brei Hai um. There you go. It's a mouthful. It is. It is. It's a mouthful. All right. What are you getting at? All right. So the literal translation is stop talking around the hot mash. That's the literal translation. Stop talking around the hot mash. Does that provide you with any clues as to what its English meaning is? Well, I mean, it would imply to me mash, right? They're cooking up something. Well, so get to it so we can drink it. Ah, now you're going to get to it. Yes, it, the literal meaning, I guess our equivalent in English would be stop beating around the bush. Get straight to the point. Get straight to the point. So in German, they say, stop talking around the hot mash. Yeah, well, hot mash. I don't think they're talking about potatoes. Reiter nicht um den Haifen Brei Haium. There you go. You're ready for Oktoberfest. Hey, I did some research. Yes. There is no Oktoberfest in Mississauga or Peel. There's Never has been or just not this year? Uh, I haven't found indications of a prior Oktoberfest in uh, Mississauga. I mean, obviously a call to action uh, right. a little late today. Uh, but there is one in Toronto and one in Kitchener-Waterloo. Of course. So are we going mobile? Formerly known as Berlin. <laughs> That's correct. Well, how are we going mobile for Oktoberfest? Maybe you, maybe you and I will just hold one on our own. Maybe oh, Jacob, I don't know. How do we do? How do you do Oktoberfest in 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 Kitchener, formerly Berlin, Ontario, uh, in the age of COVID? I don't know. Well, you just go and talk to the burgers right in Berlin. I mean, uh, Kitchener and tell them we're bringing the crew. Right. Oktoberfest, virtual Oktoberfest. I don't know. How about the one in Toronto? I mean, isn't Toronto an open city now? No, nothing will be open as of September 22nd. What do you mean? Well, you, have, you must have your papers. Oh, are they going to make papers available for me and my flip phone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for me and my flip phone. Yeah. That's right. You. I mean, you have. Did you get your receipt yet from AstraZeneca? No. 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 You have no documentation. Nothing. Well, I mean, I have. Uh, uh, I guess I How can I put it? There is some email trail. Okay. Right? But I wasn't like I said, you know, I didn't at the time, Richard, there was no proof of vaccination required. Right. Hurry up. Hurry up. Get this AZ clock shot right in you. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. There was no follow up. There was no nothing. And you were clear. now I'm not easy to get to. Right. Right. I don't give people all the data. That, oh, you want to know blah, 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 blah. No, no. It's like, you know, what, what are you calling me on my birthday? No. You know, if you if they wanted to issue something, they should have done it right there. Right, right. Don't so, you think? Absolutely, of course. They had me. You know, it's like the wanted poster in the post office. <laughs> why didn't you hold them when you took the picture? <laughs> why why'd you let him go? No, or, or even worse, while he was posing for the police. <laughs> he's standing very still for a very long time while the police sketch artist is drawing very carefully in charcoal. And then what? You let him go? You let him go? So I don't know. It's a it's a for me, it's an irrelevancy. Right. It's like anywhere any anyway. Well, I'm not you know, I'm not going anywhere uh, that requires that sort of thing. Like I'm going out tonight uh, for dinner with a pal of mine. 
Right. I assume he's got something, but he's coming in from Florida. You know, we might be end up out in the cold, but then they're going to have me cursing a blue streak to the other diners. Right, right. Yeah, you don't not going to go over well. Blue. All right. So I'm, we were talking earlier about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, this pharmaceutical firm, uh, which is Providence Therapeutics Holdings, and how a Chinese firm has bought the mRNA vaccine tech in a U.S. $500 million deal. Now, there are layers to the deal, Richard, right? Right. $50 million in cash right now, and right. then milestone payments based on going through further trials, right? Right, right. Um, and I, actually, I asked Brandon, I just sent him a little message to see if he can uh, track down. Obviously, it's not going to happen today or tomorrow, maybe, but uh, maybe next week we'll, we'll try and we get Bradley Sorensen on. He's the president and CEO of Providence Therapeutics. And the reason we brought this up was I just find it, I, I was kind of taken aback that we have a pharmaceutical company in Canada, as you mentioned, headquartered in Calgary, Alberta, uh, that has an mRNA vaccine you know, in, I think, the second second clinical trial stage. And yet, I mean, who knew? We were told by the prime minister, you know, we don't have the capacity. And he blamed Harper, I think, at the time, if I remember correctly. It's Harper's fault that we don't have our own vaccines and, and so forth. And uh, you pointed out that, um, uh, that that Providence had something and they were ready to, you know, to, to, to get going on this. And they couldn't get anyone in Ottawa to pick up the phone and talk to them. Right. There was Ottawa. And uh, according to the sources I looked at, they weren't getting much response in Alberta either. So here you are shoveling cash out the door, hither and yon, and you can't get some seed funding or continuing funding to get the uh, process uh, secured here in our own country. So thanks a lot for a lot of nothing is what I say. Exactly. All right. And if you didn't like the way it worked. You'll get more if you put the morons back in charge. You got to stop. Did you see the latest? Again, I know the only poll counts on Election Day, but the latest polls show the liberals up in the GTA by 20 percent, Lou. 20 percent. We have problems for punishment here. But this is the Eldorado of liberal support. That support has been bought and paid for over a generation. Right. It's not new that Toronto goes uh, uh, liberal. That's been going on for a long time. But it, but in the face of everything that has happened over the last six years? You well, know, I mean, for you and me, it's shocking. For them, it's uh, Wednesday. <laughs> right? 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 So, But that's the GTA. There's a whole country out there, maybe. That's 50 may- seats, Lou, 50. Seats. Yeah, in the GTA. Well, let's see what happens. But, you know, I have a bet on uh, somebody was very vociferous that the People's Party will get no seats. I said, no, I'll bet you they'll get one. I think they'll get more than one. I hope so. I hope, but so. That, you know, is that going to defeat the uh, Dauphin de Montréal and his crew of Treasury sacking Visigoths? I don't think so. <laughs> Treasury sacking Visigoths. Wow, I love that. Well, what, what do you think's been going on? Greasing their friends, increasing their pay, their perks, and their pensions, and it's all coming out of, you know, the bottom end of the pyramid. 
Yeah. So let's have more of that. Let's have another four years of more of that. That And how about, you know, I I had a conversation today about uh, the leader of the Green Party who, you know, yes, slightly took uh, Trudeau to task for, you know, throwing out uh, Jody uh, Wilson-Raybould and uh, Jane Philpott and so on. But she didn't, you know, call him to task for, you know, being Prime Minister Blackface. How could you miss that opportunity to slug the stooge? Exactly. Excellent. And you know what? For all those people going to demonstrations against the stooge, you know what I say? Bring some black makeup and throw it at him. Wow. Black See if you get arrested for throwing black face makeup. As long as it's not in the can. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Or you know what? But the other idea I had is for the next rally, Trudeau rally, bring the manure ca- uh, cannon. The manure cannon. Yikes. Man- yeah. They use those on farms to spread manure. Bring the manure cow to uh, cannon. Well, isn't that what Trudeau is sort of? <laughs> <laughs> Reverse the flow. Reverse the flow. Oh, all right, Lou. We'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. All right. Happy capitalism. When we come back, we'll meet. The candidate, the Green Party candidate for Mississauga Center, Craig Laferriere, will be here. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. All right, time to meet the candidate for Mississauga Center and the Green Party, Craig Laferriere. Welcome, Craig. How are you? I'm very well, Richard. Thank you very much. How are you? Terrific. Thank you. So let's I always ask uh, candidates this question. So just so people understand the riding Mississauga Center, give us the boundaries roughly, if you could. So on the west side, it's the the Credit River. Uh, on the east side, it's uh, here, Ontario, a little bit uh, east of here, Ontario, but not much. On the south side, it's Dundas. And on the north, it sort of goes up uh, diagonally along Eglinton and then sort of crosses up eventually to uh, up around um, um, uh, just just when it reaches that credit view. Got it. Okay. Now, it's always tough uh, in a riding running against, uh, well, you're always running against an incumbent, but in this case, it's a <laughs> liberal MP, uh, the Honorable Omar Al-Gabara who is the, uh, the minister of, or was at least when the parliament, um, when the election started, the minister of transport. Um, just talk to me a little bit about how you differentiate uh, the Green Party from the Liberal Party. Well, you know, that's a, that's a really good question because um, uh, I, I only joined the, um, the Green Party recently and I went on to the CBC and did their vote compass thing to see how uh, I compared and uh, it turned out I was right on uh, the Green Party for the, uh, you know, my ideas uh, about um, uh, d- democracy, my ideas about social issues. Uh, but when it came to financial issues, it turned out I was, I was a bit closer to the Liberals. And so I, I looked into what the issues were to, that was differentiating me. And one of the main ones was um, uh, the taxes for uh, corporate taxes. And uh, in the answer I had given in is I thought we should uh, maintain uh, corporate taxes as is, whereas the uh, the Green Party uh, wanted to increase uh, corporate taxes. And and when I reflected on that, I, I realized you know that 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 actually makes a lot of sense. One of the reasons why Canada has such low corporate taxes uh, is to draw you know to attract businesses to put their uh, headquarters in Canada. 
But, you know, the, the history of what we've actually seen is that every time a Canadian corporation gets bought out by an international corporation, the first thing they do is they just close down the operations in Canada. They move the headquarters out of Canada. So, so that strategy hasn't really worked. Uh, to keep uh, these these industries headquartered in Canada, so so I think it does make sense to try to make more revenue and and to increase taxes on these industries. All right, let me ask you about. Um, I know uh, climate change is a huge part of uh, the Green Party platform, and this is not conspiratorial stuff. This was actually an idea that uh, technocrats uh, are kind of thinking about, and it was published in the science journal Nature. It's um, mandatory personal carbon allowance allowances. Uh, that would introduce rationing into every area of our lives via an app that would record your travel, your heating expenses, even the food you eat. So uh, everyone would be issued with a, a carbon allowance card. It would entail all adults receiving sort of equal tradable carbon allowances that reduce over time. And these carbon units would be deducted from the personal budget. With, you know, every time you buy gasoline for your car, home heating fuel, electricity bills, and if you go over the limit, you'd be forced to purchase additional units in the personal carbon market. Um, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people, excuse me, <clears throat> a lot of people are concerned that that's, you know, maybe where we're headed. Craig, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's the first time I've heard of that. But, you know, just off the top of my head, it it, it sounds like an attractive idea. I mean, people, you know, this is, uh, you know, I think Ontario has been trading uh, carbon uh, with uh, with California and it's actually been, you know, a pretty good source of revenue for the province of, of Ontario. And and so uh, so the idea of trading carbon credits isn't isn't new, but that to, to reduce it onto a personal level, that's really novel. You know, I can imagine that this would be helpful to, you know, people who uh, don't have a great income, don't have a car, uh, you know, do a lot of walking and taking the bus. And, and so they would have these uh, credits that would enable them to you know, sell them to somebody who's who's got more money. It it, it might be an equalizer. I, of course, I'd have to you know look into it more closely and find out uh, you know what the experts are saying about it, whether it's doable. And and of course, we would have a lot of people who would be opposed to that. I mean, we can't even get people to agree on the the vaccine passport concept. So uh, introducing something like that might be really uh, really you know very uh, divisive. And okay. So on the face of it, just know, wanted to check, you would be in support. Might be too simple a solution. Right. All right. Um, I didn't want to dwell on it. I know I kind of threw that at you without you having a chance to look at it, but I thought it was an interesting idea. I just wanted to see. How you react. Um, very quickly, because we're almost out of time. Um, the carbon taxes, uh, gasoline is up 32 uh, percent. Home home heating, um, natural gas is, you know, is going through the roof. There are a lot of people that are going to have to make a choice whether they want to you know, live comfortably in their home with a, at a comfortable temperature uh, or maybe put food on the table. Um, what is the Green Party plan to address this? Because this is becoming unsustainable for a lot of people. Uh, that's a really good point, you know, and uh, I, I, the part, Green Party does have uh, a lot of uh, social justice uh, built into its platform. Uh, off the top of my head, I, I can't give you the details of, of how uh, they would work out something like that. But uh, I, I know that um, part of these uh, these um, uh, taxes that um, that people are paying, they're, they're, it's supposed to be tax neutral, so the revenue is supposed to be coming back uh, to people. So that should help alleviate some of the problems. And uh, um, the I, I think that... Uh, 
you know, the Green Party would, would move to, to introduce uh, um, ways to compensate people who, who are uh, unable to deal with these increased taxes. Then another Green Party candidate, also in the Mississauga area, who suggested maybe offsetting lowering income tax in order to, um, you know, offset the difference. Lowering your personal yeah, tax, and then that would be... Lowering personal income taxes. Certainly, I think, you know, I think we're seeing more and more that... Uh, you know, wealth. People are asking wealthy people to pay a greater share of their taxes because we really, you know, the the divide between the rich and the poor is becoming so great these days that even wealthy people recognize that they're getting away with with uh, ridiculously low taxes. So, Greg, uh, at a time, I appreciate you spending some time with us, Greg Laferriere, Green Party candidate for Mississauga Center. Thanks, Greg. Well, thank you very much, Richard. All right. When we come back, Linda Blade will be here, co-author of Unsporting, How Transactivism and Science Denial Are Destroying Sport. The Bull Session continues on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. So here's a, a sincere question for those of you who believe that allowing transgender, transgendered athletes, so a biological male who identifies as female, to participate against female athletes is progress. Ask yourself this, when a biological male who transitioned after leaving the US Army Special Forces gets into a cage and kicks a woman around and then chokes her into submission, is that progress? Is that where we're headed? Yes, apparently. Linda Blade is co-author of Unsporting, How Transactivism and Science Denial Are Destroying Sports. And she's also COSBAR's representative on women's sport. That's the Canadian Women's Sex-Based Rights. Linda, welcome. Thank you, Richard. Can you hear me? I can, yes. All right. So last Friday in uh, Florida, this big, I'm I'm not a fan of uh, MMA fighting. I I just find it Mm -hmm. kind of uh, vulgar and uh, brutal. Um, maybe I'm a bit of a hypocrite. I, I mean, I prefer boxing. I, I, I enjoy a good, a good uh, boxing match, but to see a, a former special forces member get into a cage with a woman and choke her into submission, that to me is just the epitome of, of, uh, vulgar. And, uh, it's, it's absolutely, uh, unimaginable. It's disgusting. Yes. It's yes. disgusting. Yeah. So how did this happen? Well, I think it's been happening because I lay it right at the feet of the International Olympic Committee in the first place, because they are the top sport governing body in the world. And in 2015, they basically just said a man can self-identify as a woman. And if you get your hormones at the right level, then everything's all fair, square and anything goes. And they didn't put any consultation really into that with anybody except with the ideologues who want to push it. And we're finding out more and more how little, Richard, how little uh, consultation actually did happen. I've been shocked lately to find out how few women were actually just even consulted about this. Okay, so let's talk about this transgendered uh, MMA fighter. Sure. Alana McLaughlin, Mm -hmm. uh, who transitioned in 2010. Mm -hmm. From Ryan, from Ryan, who was Ryan McLaughlin, let's be clear. And when we say transition, are we talking about uh, surgery, uh, mm-hmm. removal of breasts and, and female genitalia, um, hormone treatments and so forth? 
Yeah, well, here's in this particular person's case, um, they had the whole gambit. They had the vag- vaginoplasty. In other words, just take the penis, inverting it, turning it into a pseudo vagina, uh, breast implants and facial feminization surgery to appear to be a woman. So really, to be honest, this Alana person has done a lot more to try to be like a woman than most of these guys like Laurel Hubbard, who are just self-identifying. They ha- like this person has definitely had you know, a dysphoria from the early, early ages uh, as a small child, that still does not give them any excuse to beat up a woman the way they're doing it. Right. And for those who would argue, ah, but 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 this person has undergone hormone treatment, so there's no physical advantage. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem is this person was a male for at least 32 years, full blown male, like like you said, USA Special Forces in Afghanistan, completely huge muscular man who wasn't comfortable in his body. And then, um, you know, so basically living 30 years at least as a male. And so having had all of the long term advantages from birth and through puberty and through adulthood living as a man. So that's like the whole list, like heavier, stronger. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Gear Patrol calls their new dive watch the best sub $500 dive watch. Full stop. Men's Health rated them as the most stylish solar watch in the game. Who are we talking about? It's movement. They're leveling up your gift giving with the sleekest watches you can buy and the biggest deals of the season. From their innovative ceramic materials to sexy automatic divers, from ultra-thin dress watches to solar-powered statement pieces and everything in between. Movement is making sure you're the good gifter this year for your family, your friends, or for yourself. And now you can take advantage of 30 to 50% off Movement's California clean watches, jewelry, and accessories to get them a gift they'll never forget. With fast free shipping and returns and amazing bang for your buck, Movement makes for a relaxed shopping experience. And with one-size-fits-all watches, it's an easy, elegant gifting experience too. Shop 30 to 50% off now at MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. Bigger body, more explosive, all the things we've ever always talked about. And then to change the hormones and the physical features at the last second, even if it's a few years, but doing that doesn't mitigate any of those other advantages that this person obtained along the way. So, you know, the organizational features of this anatomy are just completely different than what a woman would develop. 
Right, right. And and um, so this and this isn't the first time uh, McLaughlin is actually the second transgendered athletes to, to participate in an MMA event. There was someone else. Um, Fallon Fox, Fallon Fox, who, who I believe fought six times. What happened mm-hmm. in those cases? Uh, was he or, or, or was uh, Fallon Fox this transgendered athlete, I should say? Um, mm-hmm. it, is it a similar situation? Transgender yeah. in life? Absolutely. And just beat the crap out of a woman. Now, I'm not up on all of the different surgeries or hormonal changes or whatever. But the bottom line is these types of athletes start out as male, have become adult of male and decide later on in life that suddenly they'd rather present as a woman. And in our society, of course, we can always say, like, if you were just walking down the street, leave them alone, don't bully them. But the minute that they want to step into a realm where biology and physical differences matter, then there have to be some there have to be safeguards for the women. Otherwise, sport is not safe. It's not fair. There would be no point to it. All right, Linda, we'll take a quick time out, come back and uh, discuss further. Linda Blade sure. stays with us, the uh, co-author of Unsporting, How Trans Activism and Science Denial Are Destroying Sport. Back with more of in three minutes. Just having a little chin wag on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. And we are back with Linda Blade, co-author of Unsporting, how trans activism and science denial are destroying sport. She's also Cosbar's representative on women's sports. Cosbar is Canadian women's sex-based rights. And of course, we always feature someone from Cosbar on uh, Thursdays. So uh, we'll uh, be talking about radical gender ideology again tomorrow. But right now we're focusing on this uh, horrible spectacle that took place on Friday in Florida, a mixed martial arts uh, artists, uh, mixed martial arts fight uh, between a transgendered fighter uh, who is a former member of the U.S. Special Forces in the U.S. Army, uh, beating a, a French woman, Celine Provo. Um, choking her into submission in the uh, the second round. And uh, based on what I've seen on social media, Linda, there seems to be universal outrage, uh, which I don't know if that's indi- indicative of anything, um, but mm. seems to be a um, some momentum building here against this sort of thing. Right. And uh, I mean, the, the, it's because the images are so extreme. I mean, just blood coming out of this woman's mouth. I mean, he's choking her to death. She probably, uh, I mean, she was in danger, even though she would still say like she wants to be supportive of trans inclusion and all this. And then she said, well, because she could spar, she's sparred with men in training many times. Well, I'll tell you something. All of us in our sports backgrounds have trained with men. But when you get into the ring and it's for real and it's for the prize, they're not holding back anymore. So women who say that are setting themselves up for a loss. But I will say that. I want to make a point about the activism part because the book that I wrote uh, is is taking sort of a difference, having a difference uh, with trans activists, not necessarily just a trans athlete. If there was a, a, a let's say a section of the MMA for just trans people, I mean, fine if they want to fight each other. Right, but to have they should be accommodated, absolutely. Right. So that's one of the things. So definitely, the one thing that that did strike me definitely about the Lana McLaughlin in this case was this person is definitely an activist. I just saw a video that was released yesterday, Richard, showing Alana, the same person, 
fighting on the streets of Portland with Antifa and going after members of the public and beating them up during these riots. So you know what? This person acts like they're all like they had this bad, poor, poor me background. And they did have some problems. This person like Alana as young Ryan was the runt of the litter. Small boy, effeminate boy was raped at a young age by a farm boy. Okay. There's a backstory there. Sure. But why do women have to bear the brunt of that issue in terms of him trying to come to terms with himself? And I would just say the problem is just unbelievable. I went and found a video from YouTube, like from 2016. And he literally said that his whole thing, his metaphor for his life, because he's now a blacksmith metal worker, like he likes to take a piece of steel and turn it into something beautiful, but prove that it can be beautiful and strong. And he uses that for his own metaphor for himself. Oh, yeah, I can be beautiful like a woman, but I can also be strong. So, you know, in all these different ways, this person is absolutely straight out activist. And you can see at the end of the fight. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Are you struggling to conceive? You have options, and at Piedmont Reproductive Endocrinology Group, we'll make sure you have the guidance and support you need. Preg is known for individualized fertility care that's unique to every patient. We take the time to provide a reassuring and empowering experience because we believe that you deserve nothing less. Let us help you on your journey to parenthood. Visit us at pregonline.com to learn more. Get the guidance and support you need at Piedmont Reproductive Endocrinology Group. When the arm rate it was raised, there he is wearing a T-shirt saying, you know, trans and sport and all this stuff. So it's all about activism with some of these people. And I really hope that this time it backfires. Well, let's hope uh, it 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 uh, ends before someone gets, exactly. gets seriously injured or even well, somebody could die. Now, th- there have been some so I mentioned boxing. Uh, there have mm-hmm. been some transgendered athletes uh, boxing women in the ring. Mm-hmm. Have any women mm-hmm. been seriously injured as yet? Well, I mean, not that we know of as, as far as like anything like a, a permanent, you know, um, permanent damage or death. But we have had in Canada, for example, um, even when there's something like rugby, anything where there's a contact whether it's women playing women or men playing men, like in, in the children's case, like a high school sports, there's been a couple of deaths in Canada of just those kinds of contact sports. So we know that death happens. We know that it happens. And this kind of thing where you're having bodies that are completely mismatched 
um, is going to lead to tragedy. It will. All right. So, uh, again, the solution here then would be to create a, a special category for yeah, their own division athletes. Mm-hmm. For sure. Why not? Do you think there's any any momentum in that direction? Is there an appetite for that? I mean, do you think the governing bodies are, are receptive to that idea? I think the governing bodies would be, and we've been offering it because I'm also a part of a sport governing body here locally in Alberta. But Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Are you struggling to conceive? You have options, and at Piedmont Reproductive Endocrinology Group, we'll make sure you have the guidance and support you need. Preg is known for individualized fertility care that's unique to every patient. We take the time to provide a reassuring and empowering experience because we believe that you deserve nothing less. Let us help you on your journey to parenthood. Visit us at pregonline.com to learn more. Get the guidance and support you need at Piedmont Reproductive Endocrinology Group. The problem is, is when you present these kinds of options to trans people, um, they don't want it because they want to come into the women's category as part of their activism. They need the affirmation. So even if they were allowed to fight amongst themselves, it wouldn't actually give them the social therapy, social activism or uh, affirmation that they need. In other words, it's very clear by their responses that they're using women's sports as part of their personal journey. It's all about them. And it's you never see these people worried about their impact on other other competitors, the women. You never see them being concerned about that. It's all about them. All right, Linda. Thank you for uh, for everything. Thank you for joining us. And uh, people can thank you. Unsporting how trans activism and science denial are destroying sport. Uh, co-authored Linda Blade and also Barbara K. Barbara K. All right. Yeah, Barbara. When we come back, California Governor Gavin Newsom has survived the recall vote. What's next for California? Drew Allen, host of The Drew Allen Show, will be with us. Let's rejoin the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM. All right. Radio talk show host Larry Elder went down to uh, defeat to Gavin Newsom in the uh, recall election vote yesterday in California. And by, I believe, well, the latest polls I show uh, I saw showed a uh, by a two to one margin. Uh, However, this is likely a preview of the 2022 race that will that may pit these two against uh, one another again. Uh, Here with more is Drew Allen, host of the Drew Allen Show uh, podcast. He's a columnist, political analyst and uh, the author of Uncommon Sense. And his website is DrewThomasAllen.com. Drew, welcome back. How are you, buddy? 
Hey, Richard, it's good to be with you. You know, it's a, it, it is a tough day out here in California. I got to tell you, it's, um, I, I, I really didn't expect Larry Elder to pull this out per se, given that it's California. But, you know, this was the closest thing we had in this country to, um, you know, let our voices be heard about what's happening at a federal level because 2022 is still a ways away and then 2024 even farther beyond that. And um, I just – I'm not buying everything, though, with the, the mail-in ballots, i got to tell you. I, I don't believe for a second. Uh, basically what we're looking at right now, and it'll change a little bit, but statistically uh, the two-to-one margin, that's essentially what Joe Biden won uh, the presidential uh, election by in California based on the voters here. And um, I, I don't buy that for one second, Richard. And we know there's plenty of examples of fraud. And I'm just, I want the, I think the message from this really, uh, I've heard people trying to blame Larry Elder for this because uh, he made it about him, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. I mean, he's running against Larry Elder, you know. Somebody has to be chosen to replace Larry. I mean, somebody has to be chosen to replace Gavin Newsom. Uh, but I think this is really about the mail-in ballot situation. If we don't fix this and get rid of these unsolicited mail-in ballots, we'll never win an election again. Uh, how much did um, President Trump's not endorsing Elder hurt Larry Elder? You know, I um, I, I don't know why that wouldn't have uh, have taken place per se. I actually don't think it had any impact at all. Um, I think it was strategic. Actually, the reason I didn't take place because California. Um, the one thing that will light people up is in, in terms of their radical leftists out here is is making this about Trump. Um, and so I, I don't think it had an impact at all, because when I talk to other people around me, uh, whether they're Democrat or Republican, I met a lot of people, by the way, who are Democrats who are voting to recall um, Gavin Newsom here. And it wasn't about Trump. You know, the, 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 the Democrats went off on this phony baloney message, of course, like they always do. And they tried to say this was, you know, rejecting Trump. Well, Larry Elder's not Trump. Trump's not in, in, in the Oval Office either. So they tried to say this was a, a Republican recall effort. But we know that's not true. You know, this recall effort was bipartisan from the beginning. It was necessary for it to be bipartisan for this even to get to the point where we actually got to cast the ballot. Um, I, I actually don't think that, that it hurt hurt Larry Elder at all. Did it hurt that there's been a an exodus uh, from California, particularly in San Francisco, where um, Newsom was uh, the, the former mayor, which seems to be the prototype. First, you become mayor of San Francisco and then you become the Democratic governor. But uh, this mass exodus we're seeing from California, I would imagine many of those are conservatives or Republicans. Would Could that have hurt uh, Larry Elder's chances? Well, I, I, that's a great question that I've been thinking about a lot, too. Uh, but I think you've got liberal Democrats exiting just as fast as you have Republicans exiting. Uh, we see this time and time again, whether you look at Idaho, uh, the Boise area, or, you know, you name it. In Texas, a lot of these people that are exiting uh, California in this mass exodus, uh, they bring their bad politics with them. So uh, I can't find a clear uh, connection there. Again, I, I just think that here's a statement I would say, too. Remember in the 2020 election. Uh, even those states that Trump seemed poised to win, um, they re resisted calling it for Trump, even the ones he did win. But certainly the ones that, you know, when we went to sleep at night and we woke up and things had flipped, especially those two. But with this situation with Larry Elder, it's funny to watch the media because uh, they've been calling this thing for Newsom, you know, way early on, long before all the ballots have been have been brought in, of course. And um, I, I but here's the thing, too. You know, Newsom acted like he had his back against the wall. They brought out Obama. They brought out Joe Biden. They brought out 
Kamala Harris, the kitchen sink, everything, because they were so afraid that Larry Elder might actually pull this thing off. And now we have the polls coming in, and it looks like, you know, Larry Elder got slaughtered. So (laughs) it doesn't add up to me either. Right. Now, this is not necessarily indicative of anything. And, and uh, you know, perhaps there'll be calls for a forensic audit. And I know there'll be people out there rolling their eyes. Oh, here we go again. You know, the conservatives and the Republicans yeah. claiming election fraud. But I was watching on, on Twitter during the, uh, the vote and there were a number of people tweeting that they had showed up at the polls uh, to be told that they had already voted. And they brought this up to the um, um who's ever running the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the polling location. And they were told in this one instance, this individual, uh, that they had been hearing that a lot throughout the night from this one poll location, up to 70% uh, of people who showed up to vote in this one, in this one uh, location said they, they basically were told you've already voted. Now, I'm not sure how it works in the U.S. I believe if that happens, you're given a provisional ballot or something. But uh, were you hearing a lot about, about that as well? Yeah, a ton of it. I saw what you're talking about, and I saw numerous other instances of that as well. Um, There were many, 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 many reports of this. And, of course, the Democrats always respond saying, well, it's not enough to affect the outcome of the election. But I'm really tired of this attitude, this callousness towards the integrity of our elections. If it happens in one place, I guarantee it's happening in 100 places. And the fact that every time we never get to the bottom of this, we never try to understand why. I mean, if you had a business or anything else and this was happening, you would get to the bottom of it and figure it out just because it's the, it's the thing of integrity to do. And here we have situations in which people are literally, I mean, their vote doesn't count. Their vote doesn't matter because they're not getting to cast a vote. And we just act like, well, you know, this is a Democrat-run state, so, you know, your vote didn't matter anyway. This is so insane. It's antithetical to, to our republic. Uh, little R out here in America. And, and this is why we don't have any faith in the election results. I don't care, you know, if, if, if he, he pulled this thing off um, uh, with, you know, 55, you know, 60% of the vote, but I want to know that those votes were real. Those votes were true. And with these unsolicited ballots, I'm sick of it. We cannot have this happen in this country. We know they're ripe for fraud. I mean, France, for God's sake, doesn't even allow them, okay? You know, and and we have the bipartisan. I mean, we can go into it forever, of course, right? We know, of course, there's fraud with unsolicited ballots like this. And yet, and so what are we, and they do nothing to alleviate those fears. They don't care. Drew Allen, host of the Drew Allen Show podcast and uh, the author of Uncommon Sense, the website DrewThomasAllen.com. A final question uh, for those disappointed. I guess the good news is that uh, next year they'll do it all over again because the term uh, Newsom's term will end and there'll be a gubernatorial race. Do you think it'll be Larry Elder again as the Republican nominee or will the Republicans maybe rethink their strategy? No, I think it will be Larry Elder. Um, he, he proved, I mean, look, the guy got, you know, uh, I mean, a, a vast majority, I want to 40 something percent or whatever of the vote there for the, for the, uh, you know, candidate. And there were like 40 something on the ballot. Um, no, I think that, I think that he's a great candidate and I think this is a good primer, uh, for, for what's going to happen going forward. Um, I, I don't think Larry Elder did anything wrong. And I think it's amazing that we had an opportunity here in California to elect as the Democrats would say the first black governor in our history. And they went with a white guy. And um, I mean, do you see the outcome being any different next time? Why would it be? 
Well, um, I, I believe um, Gavin Newsom, he had about $70 million poured into this recall campaign period. Unbelievable money for a recall like this. Um, this was not a well-funded uh, machine in terms of Larry Elder. Uh, he came into this, this race late. Um, he, by his own efforts, made himself the, the top contender uh, in this field without really any support or backing from anybody in the Republican Party per se. Uh, this is all Larry Elder's doing. I think that we have to uh, grease the gears of this campaign going forward. We have to clear the voter rolls. I mean, look, that's the stuff that happens to has to happen now behind the scenes to give us even an opportunity. Okay, next year when Larry Elder runs, but I think he's an excellent candidate and uh, he's the right guy to kind of sit, you know put the message out there uh, about you know look California's in ruins. And it's it's totally controlled by Democrats. You can't blame you cannot blame a Republican for that. All right. Always appreciate your time and your uh, wonderful insights, Drew. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. Drew Thomas Allen, DrewThomasAllen.com and uh, the Drew Allen Show, the Drew Allen Show podcast uh, back uh, with us once again. Always a delight. All right. That's it for me. My thanks to Jody, Brandon and Jacob. I'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. God willing, we'll meet the Green Party candidate for, um, let's see, Caledon Dufferin, the conservative candidate from Mississauga Cooksville. We'll push back against radical gender ideology with Heather Mason and uh, Dr. Ryan Cole, the uh, former executive. Uh, sorry, Dr. Ryan Cole will be here. Uh, he's the uh, he runs the largest private lab, medical lab in Idaho. Uh, the Brian Crombie Hour is next. I'll talk with you Monday. At, sorry, <laughs> I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow at 4 p.m. Don't be late. Until then, I remain unbowed, unbent, unbroken. That's it. That's all. For more Richard Serrett Show, podcasts, blogs, and other stuff, go to saga960am.ca. Stop talking past each other and start talking with each other. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon at 4 on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960am. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Are you struggling to conceive? You have options, and at Piedmont Reproductive Endocrinology Group, we'll make sure you have the guidance and support you need. 
Preg is known for individualized fertility care that's unique to every patient. We take the time to provide a reassuring and empowering experience because we believe that you deserve nothing less. Let us help you on your journey to parenthood. Visit us at pregonline.com to learn more. Get the guidance and support you need at Piedmont Reproductive Endocrinology Group.